What led you first to begin to enter the world of sound and recording? I was a born music listener. I loved records and the radio, and I felt the calling. I was aware as a child that something about being on this side of the glass, the control room side of the glass, not the performance side of the glass, felt right. It felt like a good fit. It took a little while, but I got to Hollywood and started on the path of becoming an audio technician. But I realized I'd have to really know what I was doing. I'd have to really know my stuff in order to have a pass into this room because I didn't look like an engineer looks. So I studied electronics and I studied acoustics. I studied on my own and I was fortunate to find the people in Hollywood who liked my enthusiasm and were willing to give me a leg up and lots of training and give me a pass behind that velvet rope. My name is Susan Rogers. I'm a professor at Berklee College of Music in Boston. Prior to my academic career, I was a recording engineer and a record producer. I worked with Prince for many years in the mid-80s. I was the studio maintenance technician who repaired the equipment for Crosby, Stills & Nash at a studio they owned in Hollywood. In mid-1983, Prince was just coming off the 1999 tour, and he had a hit with Little Red Corvette on the Billboard Hot 100, the pop charts. So he was poised for greater success. He uh, was happily based out of Minneapolis with his home studio, but his home studio uh, needed some repairs. His equipment was was in disrepair. He asked his management to find him a technician. My boyfriend at the time was a technician. He called me up right away and he said, your dream job is waiting for you to be Prince's technician. And I said, well, tell them their search is over because that's my job. I'm getting that job. I packed my bags and moved from my home in Southern California to Minneapolis and got started right away, right at the dawn of Purple Rain, the movie and the album and the work that Prince would do that would launch him into a different stratum, a different level of fame and success. Describe that first moment of the two of you laying eyes on each other. Well, the first time I met Prince face-to-face was about a week after I'd heard him upstairs above me. Prince was then, and, and always was, notoriously shy and guarded and private, and it would take a while for me to get integrated into his inner circle. I will set the scene. He lived in uh, in a house on Kiowa Trail in Chanhassen. And that house was a typical suburban split-level home. You could enter the house by walking up the front steps and walking to the front door, but or you could just stay on the driveway, go in through the garage. And if you went in through the garage, you'd be walking into a small bedroom. That small bedroom had been outfitted to be a recording studio. On the other side, outside the door of that bedroom, was a small hallway, and there was the master bedroom, Prince's bedroom. And those two were divided by a stairwell that went upstairs. So if you went upstairs, you'd be up on the landing, which led to the kitchen and the living room and a a small dining room. This was not a fancy, fancy home, but it had three or four bedrooms, but it served Prince's needs. My first task was to pull out an old recording console that he had had there for years and install a new one that he had just bought. So I had about a week's worth of wiring, dewiring and rewiring to do. I had some repairs to do on his Ampex multi-track tape machine, and I had a list of things that were broken that needed to be fixed. But that was my job. That's why I was hired. That's what I did. So while I'm downstairs in that bedroom studio, I could hear him upstairs right above me on his piano, his Yamaha Baby Grand piano, and I could hear him playing 
the beautiful ones and computer blue and playing purple rain i could hear meetings that he was taking with members of vanity six and members of the time i could hear when he would watch videos on his tv upstairs i could hear the records that he was playing but i didn't see him for about a week he was of course taking meetings because he had this this movie and and all this work that was coming up but he was anxious for me to finish when i finally finished I didn't really know what to do. I didn't just want to go upstairs and disturb him. So I called the woman who worked for him. Her name was Sandy Scipioni. And I said, Sandy, I'm, I'm done. Tell him I'm done. So she called him. And, and next thing I knew, he came downstairs. And that's when we first met face to face. He asked me some questions. He gave me some instructions. There was no, no introduction or anything. It was just, you know, did you do this? What about that? What's happening with there? And then I think he said to me, if I remember correctly, come back tomorrow. We'll start tomorrow. And then he turned to go back up the stairs and something inside of me, a little voice in my head said, don't let it start like this. Because I just turned 27 years old. I'd left everyone I'd ever known in California to come 2,300 miles across the country to take this job. And something about this didn't feel right. So I went on instinct. And as he was walking away, I said, Prince. And he stopped and he turned around on the stairs and I, I stuck my hand out to shake hands with him. And I said, I'm Susan Rogers. He looked at me and got that look on his face that I would come to know very well where he was trying not to laugh <laughs> at the formality of all this. <laughs> but he recognized the solemnity of it. And he stuck his hand out. And I recognized, okay, I recognize this is a little bit solemn and all that, but let's just do this. And uh, he stuck his hand out and he said, I'm Prince. And we shook hands and we kind of bowed our heads. like It's like two dogs at the dog park doing a play bow. It was kind of like, okay. Everything that happens after this, we've agreed. You're you, and I'm me, and this is what we're doing. Okay, now we can begin. What happened on day two? Oh, day two was just as exciting. Uh, he had me put up a tape. He had me put up Darling Nikki. I was a Prince fan, and I was hearing Darling Nikki, a song that other Prince fans hadn't heard yet, that hadn't been released yet, and I'd never heard anything like it. It was just this thunderous wall of presence and excitement and urgency and and the idea of the lyrics the narrative story was imaginative and and it was fabulous and i was thrilled to encounter it like you you picture a scientist in the woods with the the pith helmet and the and the magnifying glass look what i just discovered that's how it felt it was it was it was extraordinary I must confess that feeling never left me. In the four years I was with him, I constantly had this feeling of, this is incredible. What will the fans say? This is amazing. Prince's output and the high caliber of that output in that period of the 80s was rather unprecedented. We'd be hard-pressed to find a similar example of anyone who put out that much great material in such a short time. Bam, 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 one song after another. Anyway, that second day, he asked me to set up a vocal mic and I did. And at any moment, I just assumed that the engineer, the recording engineer, was going to come in. And I was afraid this engineer is really going to be angry at me. I was a technician. Technicians repair the equipment. They know the equipment. They don't use the equipment. It would be like, I'll use a sports analogy, maybe the, the water boy or something in a, in a football game <laughs> being told, well, suit up, son, you're on the field. Uh, just this wasn't my place but anyway I, I, I put up the mic and finally Prince came in and he asked if we were ready and I, I said yes and then I had to ask him well who's going to record it and he said 
you. And that's when I realized there is no engineer. I'm it. He wants me to be his technician and he wants me to be the engineer as well. It was a dream come true. We worked long, long days. Our sessions were typically 24 hours long because Prince would do a song in a day. He wouldn't get it partly finished and then call it for the day and then resume the next day like normal people do. He would not stop until it was done. So a day could be 24, 48 hours. My longest one was 96 hours. That's how we worked, and uh, I was I was happy to, to be part of it. I never let Prince know that I had no training as a recording engineer. I realized at some point that Prince knew the difference. He didn't care. Prince has been described as a perfectionist, and I'd like to correct that presumption. That perfectionism, which was there in his playing, was there in many areas of his life, it wasn't there in his recording. If he'd wanted perfection, he wouldn't have had me as his engineer. He wanted someone who could facilitate his creative output, someone who could keep the world out of his way and keep electrons flowing. Touch.